presented by Bud Light. Telly Hughes in for Greg Scalzo, Joshy DiMaggio running the show. And you know what that music means. For the last time in about a month, we get to talk to Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tausch, who you can hear every day, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Wildey and Tausch. Tauschy, how are you feeling heading into your vacay? I feel great, man. I feel absolutely fantastic. How are you guys feeling? Uh, I feel great. Um, ready for a full week of show? Nope. You know, I lied. <laughs> Josh, I'm out like the next four Fridays. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Tell me how you feeling. I feel awesome, but not as good as Towser. I mean, you're about to go on vacay. I mean, come yeah. on. Can you, you got to be feeling can better. Can you share any of your vacay plans, or are you saving that for all when you come back? Yeah, I'll save it. I, I like saving it, and then you can talk about it later. That's, that's what I like doing. Tausch, so. famously loves, uh, you know, leaving his best stuff uh, for Wildey and Tausch, not for Scalzo and Brust. Well, I would hope that you would do that for yourself. Wilby doesn't do that, so I, I feel like I should. I feel like you guys should, right? I, look, I, I'm not going to get into that, but yes, I mean, I do see a lot of Jason. you're not going to get into I, that? I, well, get into it. Toshi, I mean, you really want to do this right now? The Probably not. Yeah, we don't, don't want to do this right now. We're heading to vacation. <laughs> I, I, I like the vibes right now. Uh, first and foremost, I want to ask you this because, uh, Joshy, let's – I'm sure Tausche heard it, but for those who didn't hear, let's hear from Mark Murphy, um, who spoke at the Packers shareholders meeting uh, about noon game times. Noon home games. <laughs> well, here's the reality. We have a lot of noon home games. We're a <laughs> team. That Mark Murphy earlier talking to shareholders, as a player and as now a fan or someone taken in the sport of football, what was your favorite game time? Yeah, no, noon home games is by far the best for players, but I loved what Mark Murphy did there. I think, you know, you have these shareholders drive up from all corners of the state, country, well, you know, because you're doing, you know, people get after these shareholders because it's not a dividend paying stock and all this other stuff, which, again, nobody's forcing you to do that. That's an argument for another day. You want to entertain people. Don't go up there. And I know Goot got a lot of grief and Ted Thompson, God rest his soul. Wouldn't you just, re- you know, talk about the roster, just read it out loud? You want to do some stuff to give these shareholders a little taste and have some fun. I love that. And he's right. If you're playing 16 noon games, you stink. That means the NFL doesn't want to showcase you. But from a player's standpoint, uh, you want to have noon home games because you wake up, you play ball, and then you can go out and celebrate a win or drown a loss and enjoy your family. The, The night games and all of that, you know you can't relax when you have a game at 325. You're going to be thinking of the whole time when it's done and it's three fifteen and your night's done. You're going to celebrate. You're, you're telling me you didn't love a little Sunday night Perfect. football under the lights, knowing the no, whole no, no. nation was watching. You asked me what my favorite time was, right? I'm not saying I didn't love playing on Sunday, but if you're playing every Sunday night, is it going to be as special as if you play five or six? But you weren't. And you know what? You weren't playing every Sunday night, so I'm asking you in the same context. Yeah, I just told you. I like noon games. I gave you the exact I don't like your answer. Why? Well, <laughs> all right, great. Well, what's your answer, Ben? What, did you love playing 9 o'clock games 
in Indiana and then come home and get back for classes that you didn't go to the next day? <laughs> like, I mean, what, is that what you want to get into here today? Because I'm fine going down that road. So, so, Tasha, you're totally saying that Monday night football is really for the fans and not for the players because you have to change your whole routine besides just getting up in the morning, having breakfast as a team, you know, and, and going to the stadium. You have to wait around for all these hours. So, actually, do those Monday night and Sunday night games kind of suck because it kind of disrupts? Yes. I I mean, I don't think if you do one, I think it's great. And if if it's at home. But if you're asking me if I loved going out to Oakland uh, and playing a Monday night football game, finishing up at uh, – you get back home at 6 a.m. and then you have to be back to practice on Wednesday. Your whole routine is thrown off. You practice more the week before. Then your body's trying to recover. No, nobody likes that. And you're doing it in Jacksonville, same thing. Those are not ideal. And you you kind of on Monday, you're just waiting all day. You're meeting to meet. You're doing all this stuff, waiting to play an 8-15, 7-15 game. Nobody really, I, as a player, everybody says the right thing. And, and I do think there is something to be said about being the only game in town that night. But you want to do that once. You don't want to fall into that habit. You want the routine. And I think any athlete, even Ben, would tell you that athletes are suckers for their routine. They want to make sure, keep things as constant as they can. And when you do that, you feel like you have some control. But there is a little added cachet to be in the Sunday night game, to be in that Monday night game. But from a routine standpoint, just from a day-to-day Athletes want to athletes want to play the noon home game. Talking with Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher here on Scalzo and Brust before he leaves for vacation. We thank Tauscher for making time for us. Why? What's what's your opinion on Devonte Adams? Because he just put Derek Carr in the most impossible situation ever, calling him a Hall of Famer. I know he tried to redact the statement, but it seems like <laughs> like as much as I want to give the Packers crap at times. Setting the right expectations for what their receivers are going to, you know, need in terms of time and development. He's like basically trying to say that Carr's a Hall of Famer. Well, if Carr's a Hall of Famer, he should be able to produce the same as he did as a Packer, right? Um, I don't. I think this was more Devontae just trying to be a great teammate. I, I think you. I think everybody's reading more into it. He. This is one of his best buddies in the world, and Derek Carr has been a really good quarterback. Why he elevated him into Hall of Fame, I don't know. He kind of, like you said, he redacted that. I think he's trying to move on and move forward with his new team, trying to be positive, complimentary, building confidence. I don't think this was anything more than that. And with, with no football going on, we're always mincing words and trying to create a controversy. I think Devontae came back and said, listen, I'm not going to you know, take back what I said. The expectations for this team are high. But uh, Devontae is not I, – I, there's no way he's saying Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr are on the same place. I think he's saying, with me being here and now with some stability within this organization, Derek Carr is going to flourish more than what he's done in the past. And if he does that, which is what we expect and which is why I came here, he can be a Hall of Fame quarterback. You don't have to agree with that. I certainly don't. It doesn't sound like you do. 
But that is, I think, what Devontae's point was. In his redacted statement, he said he hasn't won MVPs yet. He even went like you love that word redacted, don't you? Uh, I, I do today. <laughs> and you're wearing it out. What? What's, you said it like six times, and I'm fairly. I'm going to redact the fact that I let you on the show today, right now, with your oh, attitude, wow. right now. Okay. I'm just. All right. <laughs> um, what's more likely, Eric? Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl this year with this uh, team, or Derek Carr wins an MVP? Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. I, I, you know, if you look at that division that the Raiders are in, and you know the their, their offense, they have everything. Derek Carr's got everything you could want. He's got a stud tight end. He's got two really good receivers. I think he's got a, a good running back. It's whether or not that defense can play. The the problem is their that division that he's playing in is stacked. The one that Aaron Rodgers has come back to without having a stud wide out is probably going to be the worst in football. A lot of noon games for the Lions and Bears this schedule. The Bears are going to be a lot of noon games. I think the Vikings will have more than their fair share. I know everybody's kind of jumping on the Vikings bandwagon, but odds of winning the division title, I think it's going to be Buffalo and Green Bay way ahead of everybody else, and then everything else, you're going to have a lot of scrapping and a lot of fighting to do. Green Bay, I think everybody is. You're gonna if you don't see a division championship, I think people are gonna say, "What the heck happened? Did Aaron Rodgers get hurt?" Because otherwise, I don't think there's much of a chance. Whereas Derek Carr is gonna be in a position where you know you have a stacked division and everything's gonna be fought on a you know it's gonna be fought on a weekly basis. Tasha, let's talk about some current Packers and ones that will be in the green and gold this season. Some big news or some maybe concerning news going into training camp. David Bakhtiari, 19 months since his surgery, was unable to pass his physical and will start on the pup list. Is there a reason, a major reason for Packers fans to be concerned? I mean, I think you have to be somewhat concerned. I'm not like panic mode, but I do think I, you know, if you have to go a full year, which obviously David has done, you said 19 months, he's played 27 snaps in that time frame, and the fact that he had to miss that postseason game last year was what was really alarming. And now that he's not doing OTAs, he's not. Doing, I really think this is just going to be the new normal for David moving forward into this kind of second half of his career post knee surgery. And that's going to be limited work. Make sure he's going to be able to play in football games, uh, the ones that count, the regular season. So I I think that you should be concerned. I think as far as being alarmed that he's not going to play and that they're being too cautious, uh, he obviously had a setback last year to not be able to get out there and play as much as he wanted. And now that the fact that he's not going to be practicing, even on a limited basis at the start of camp, it is concerning but until he is not playing uh, in that opener against the Minnesota Vikings, I'm not going to be as concerned as everybody else. But no doubt, something is just a little bit off, and I think it's going to be you know, critical for David to get back out there and try to at least get a couple of weeks before that regular season. And if he is still on the pup list, if you're talking the middle to the end of August, that's when the concern level is going to raise even higher. And I was just going to ask you, how much of this do you believe is mental? I mean, just getting over the hurdle that, okay, this is not going to happen again. I can go full throttle. I'm fine. I mean, as a player, does that kind of factor in sometime? 
Well, I don't think there's any question. Anytime you have a major injury and you have surgery, you're, you know, you do all the rehab, you do all that stuff. And, you know, David did get back out there. It's one thing if he has not taken a snap. Now, it was in a semi-meaningless game in Detroit at the end of a season, but you need to get back out there to prove to yourself that you can both hold up physically and mentally. And there's no doubt when you have that long of a layoff, you know, unfortunately I blew my knee out. I had, you know, a long layoff and you're chomping, you're nervous about, is my knee going to hold up? What's the first time I get rolled up? Is there going to be any more damage? You have all those things that are in your head. And until you go out and do it, it doesn't wane. You do have to regain that confidence. And that I think is something, you know, David's going to have to get through well, in trying to figure out, make sure his knee holds up and what his process is going to look like to get ready for games is going to be a lot different than it was pre-surgery. I mean, you mentioned both there. If you had to pick one that had more um, weight in your mind, is it getting over the physical or mental portion of the ACL? Because you tore it. Yeah, it's easily mental. Uh, the physical part, and I think anyone that's had injuries, you, you get your script and you say, all right, this is what I need to do. I got to strengthen this. I got to get this. You got your benchmarks. And the physical part, you get through it. The mental part of every day, that grind of doing it and seeing your teammates play and you not knowing if you can get back to where you were, that's the hardest part of the whole deal. And the mental hurdle is by far, I think, more difficult than the physical hurdle. Now, unless you're constantly having physical setbacks, whether you're you know, you're having a lot of swelling. That's another animal that I fortunately didn't have to deal with. But that mental bear, it is an absolute bear to overcome. I think you should have been the most highest paid right tackle in the game of football since you didn't have to have any swelling or deal with anything. David Bakhtiari has also got us waiting and worrying. Tausch, anything you got for us? I'm all set, guys. Have Enjoy vacation. Have a good one. Mark Tausch, your Packers Hall of Famer. You can catch him. Uh, 9 to noon across these very stations. Uh, Wilde and Tausch, get them wherever you get your podcast. Um, Telly, a 23-year-old woman on TikTok revealed that she goes regularly 10 days without showering and doesn't smell. I kind of think that theory might be correct because I've tried that once myself. We'll hit on that more uh, on 1 or 0 next on Scalzo and Brust, presented by Bud Light.